those days you were doing the the gigging around uh, LA. You had Motley Crue opening for you at the at the Roxy. That was weird. Uh, you did a few shows with Van Halen. That was before they put their debut album out. That was the back end of the seventies. What do you remember? Uh, about being on a stage or in the vicinity of where they were before they made it big. I mean, did you look at them from the side, from the, side of the stage and you go, wow, they're going to make it. This guy is something else. Absolutely. Um, I remember the first time we played with them was in Redondo Beach. And uh, it was a huge club that nobody remembers. It held like a thousand people. It was called the Smokestack because it was next to a processing plant that had huge smokestacks. And the guy had come from Canada and built this really state-of-the-art club in Redondo. And, you know, I was always bugging him that I wanted to play there. And that was the first time we played with Van Halen. And I saw myself as a pretty competent guitar player then. You know, I was the singer and a guitar player and a lead guitar player. But I remember, all. it's like people say, what do you remember you know, do you remember the day you heard that Kennedy was shot or the, you know, the, the towers being, you know, crap, planes crashing? You remember 9-11. But I remember that that gig and I'd, I'd heard about Ben Halen. I hadn't played with him yet. I hadn't seen him. They hadn't made a record yet. And I just remember that moment being, was upstairs in the dressing room and I heard them start to play. And then I said to Juan, I think, I said, uh, I thought they only had one guitar player because to me, it sounded like there was two guitar players. And I remember walking out on the balcony and looking down at them and seeing this flamboyant singer, flamboyant clothes. And I see Eddie doing that two hands in the neck thing. And I was awestruck. I was godsmacked. And I, I think that moment I mulled about it and I thought, I don't, it doesn't matter how much I practice. I will never be as good as Eddie Van Halen. And, you know, like he was a genius and I miss him. And I think at that moment, I realized I should probably start concentrating on being a singer more because I, I, I can't compete with someone like that. He's a genius. He was a genius. And I remember that moment. And then, of course, we went on to play with him many times at the Whiskey and the Starwood and all these other places. But that, that show, the first time I ever saw them, I was, first of all, I was blown away by Eddie. Second of all, I was blown away by David Lee Roth because he was so flamboyant and gregarious. And uh, you know how he is. Everybody knows how David yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he, he, David's David. I always say, you know, he got, when they got famous, how... Uh, he was, I said, he was like that before he got famous. You know, he was always kind of very, you know, outspoken. Did you have the same, uh, did you have the same feeling when you were working with uh, Motley Crue, when you had them opening for you? Did you have the a similar feeling that this is, this is going to be another huge band? Not really. I remember we, the first time we, the only time we played with them, I think it's the only time was at the, when we, they were showcasing at the, damn, what's the name of the club, right next to the Rainbow, uh, the Roxy. Roxy. And uh, we kind of laughed because, uh, and we were showcasing, and all the labels were there, and, you know, here our equipment is torn and tattered, and the fabric's falling off, the drums are, like, taped together. Our equipment was crap. 
And when they rolled in with all this brand new equipment and drums and the, the clothes and flamboyant and the makeup and the hair, I thought, wow, who, you know, how'd they afford this? <laughs> you know, they weren't signed. And then I remember their EP, I think it was called Too Fast for Love. Uh, I think it was like a four or five song EP they put out. But I didn't really have an opinion about these guys are going to be big, you know, huge. The only band I've ever played with that I knew immediately, even though I saw them when they were playing clubs, when we did the stadium tour and Metallica was going on before us. And they were kind of the reason that maybe that Dawkins started going, falling apart because Metallica would go on stage every day. And, and to me, it was like, they played every show like it's going to be their last show and they don't care if they drop dead on stage. You know, they just were like over the top, 100% energy. You know, they just were really, mm. really in it. You know, they were popular in Europe and that, but they hadn't broken out because they hadn't done the Black Album. And, yeah, for sure. And now that yeah. they are the biggest band in the world. And I said that. And we had the same managers. And I kept telling my manager, Cliff Bernstein, I said, I know we may be more famous than them or we're making more money than them, but can they go on after us? <laughs> because they were killing me. They were killing us, you know? And we'd already been on the road for a year. We'd already done a world tour and we were pretty worn out, but it, it was frustrating. I couldn't talk to the band. I said, guys, you know, look at, look at Metallica, man. They're just, they're just crushing it, you know? And I think we got too full of ourselves and, too cocky because we'd had a couple of platinum records and done world tours with ACDC and but they got complacent in my opinion. 